Welcome to the NLPCourses.com show. In the next few minutes, we'll push past the hype, pull back the velvet curtain, and reveal how to create a successful life with neuro-linguistic programming. You'll dive into physiology, neuroscience, and linguistics so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career. Now, prepare yourself to make a name, make money, and make a difference. Here's your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice. In this week's podcast, we will cover King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table and Merlin. We'll look at what makes a story and what is not a story. We'll also talk about Freud. Yes, I said it, Freud and the art of storytelling. Welcome to this week's podcast and thank you for all your kind support and lovely comments about this new podcast. I had a question regarding beliefs and storytelling and does it really have an impact? Let's take an example. If we look at England, this small, tiny, wet, it does rain a lot here, country, that in one point in our history we became a powerhouse. We raised up from living in the mud to only land in all time zones of the world. So what changed us? And as one story goes, it was the monk of Monmouth who created the legend and the mythology of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, Merlin, and created magical landscapes and planted new ideas in our heads. So much so that we believed in ourselves like never before and raised out of the mud that we lived in and took over the world. Oh yes, stories change beliefs. They change how we see ourselves. So let's start to explore what makes a story because instinctively we all know what makes a story. So for example, is this a story? I woke up one morning, the sun was shining, I went out of my front door, went for a little stroll, I noticed a rabbit that said to me, good morning, I thought to myself, ah, a talking rabbit, and I walked on home. Now, is that a story? Instinctively, you know it's not. It's just some information. So what is it that makes a story? Okay, let's see if we can turn that into a story. One morning I woke up, the sun was shining, I went outside and I went for a little stroll and this rabbit bounced up to me and said, help me John, there's this dog chasing me. And I looked up and this snarling dog rushed around the corner, so I grabbed the rabbit, thinking to myself, ah, a talking rabbit. And I rushed off and the dog nearly caught up with us and I could feel its hot breath on the backside and I just got inside and slammed the door before the dog caught us. Now, is that more of a story? So why is that more of a story? Yes, something happened. It kept our attention. Now, when we're telling stories to change beliefs, to set goals, to inspire, to transform, we need to remember something needs to happen. And there's an old saying that goes, if it wasn't for Goliath, David would be some punk throwing a stone. So the great storytellers seem to instinctively know this. Let's let's have a look at a little bit of theory behind this. Now, we're going to talk about Freud. Don't tell anybody else in NLP we're talking about Freud. This is between you and I. Now, Freud knew a thing or two about storytelling. 
I don't know if you know, but Hollywood offered him a blank cheque to come and work and consult on movies. I think Freud knew one or two things about storytelling. Right, so let's have a a recap of some Freud theory. We're going to condense down a three to five year course into, let's say, under five minutes. Right, so we know that we have the id, the superego and the ego. So what's the difference between them? The id is the animal side of us. It's the part of us that when we see chocolate, we're going to go, I'm going to eat that chocolate. Yum, 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 yum. We see somebody attractive that we would like to make. We go over to them, hit them on the head, knock them out and drag them away by their hair saying, they are mine now. So we're talking instant gratification. We're also talking safety, food and shelter. So what is the superego? The superego is the moral code book. So we see the chocolate and we went, think, we, I want some chocolate. Yet the moral side of us says, oh, I must maybe only have one, possibly two bars of chocolate and I'd better pay for it first. So we go over and say, excuse me, sir, can I have a two bars of chocolate? Because sometimes the id wins out a little bit. And we see somebody attractive and we think to ourselves, oh, I would like to date this person, so I better go and ask her out. So you go over there and say, excuse me, would you like to have some coffee? No, okay then. Or was that just my teenage life? Not sure about that. So what we then have, the tension between the id and the super ego creates our ego. And our ego is good for us. I know it gets a bad rap. It's just that if your ego's too big... So what we see this pull between the two. So how does this apply to our storytelling? Well, the id is normally the baddie or the problem. The superego represents the goodies or the solution in our stories. So let's have an explore of Hollywood, as I mentioned Hollywood. In Star Wars, the id is represented by, that's right, Darth Vader and the dark side, the superego is the Jedi Knights, Luke Skywalker. And the pull between the superego and the id, i.e. the Jedi Knights and the dark side, creates the story, which would be the ego. Now, if the superego always won out, i.e. the Jedi Knights, it would be a boring story. But if the id, the dark side, always won out, that also would be very boring. So we see this pull, this tension between the two, creates the story. Let's take another example, because it doesn't necessarily have to be represented by people, the id and the superego. Let's take the film Shawshank Redemption. Now, if you haven't seen that film, you must see it tonight. It is a fabulous film. Now, in there, it's slightly blurred. I'm not going to give, if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to give anything away here. But the hero is somebody who potentially could have murdered his wife who was having an affair and her lover. But we never really find out. But he is representing the superego. So what in that film is being represented by the id? This is the NLPCourses.com podcast. Our sponsor this week is the NLP Train the Trainer course. This program is designed for the ambitious, the kind who want to make a living teaching NLP. Apply for your place in this world-class training at nlpcourses.com. Well, the human face to it is the warden to the prison, but it's actually the prison system. 
and the tension between that system and our hero within this story creates the ego, which is an interesting story. And there seems to be something about us as humans that really like to have a moral ending. We do want the super ego to win out. Right, so how does this apply to our stories? Well, if we go back to the walk along in the morning in the sunshine, meeting the rabbit, yeah, a little bit interesting. How often do you come across a talking rabbit? Notice when we added the dog and the chase, the dog represented the id, and myself and the rabbit was the super ego. And the tension that we built between that created an interesting story. So, when it comes to designing stories, keeping in mind this little bit of theory of the superego and the id and the tension between the two creates a dynamic interaction. So if you're inspiring your team and you'd only talk about all the wonderful things and all the great things that ever happened, then yeah, it's wonderful. It can come across as a motivational speak, but sometimes can also come across as a little bit empty. Now, if you have some sort of obstacle, a foe, someone to pitch against, then you have something to rally around, to create this tension where it looks like everything is lost and then at the last minute you turn it around. Then it becomes exciting. So what if we're therapists and we're designing stories to help our clients? Then if we only give the solution, have you noticed how often people don't act upon it for a start? Whereas you hide the solution within the story then people tend to come up as though it's their own idea. Yes, storytelling is transformational. But the danger is the stories can become one-dimensional by being too positive. So the id is the problem, the situation the client is facing. The superego represents the solution. And the tension between the two creates the interest that creates a story that holds attention. So how do we know what issues, what's gonna hold the attention of your audience or somebody you're talking to? Well, that's knowing your audience. So if you start to tell a story about football and you think it's a clever story that really solves the problem, but your audience is not interested in football, are they gonna listen to you? No, they're not. So they're not gonna hear the multiple levels of meaning. So make sure you tailor the stories, the issues to the person or to the group in front of you. Wow, we're really zinging along here. So let's have a quick recap of what we covered in this podcast. We started to explore how stories change beliefs, how a monk took a wet little country like England and turned it into a powerhouse by talking about... King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, and, of course, Merlin. We then thought to ourselves, well, what is a story? What makes the difference between a bit of information and a story? And we met a talking rabbit, and we thought to ourselves, hey, a talking rabbit. We wondered to ourselves, was it the rabbit, the car, and the road? Are they one in the same rabbit? Who knows? And we introduced a doll that created momentum and excitement within the story. Then we explored some Freud. And remember, it's between us. Nobody else in NLP needs to know we talked about Freud. 
and we discovered Freud knew one or two things about storytelling, and we explored what was the difference between the id, the superego, and the ego, and how it creates that tension or dynamics in stories, and how important that is to hold people's attention. And then we mentioned knowing your audience. All of this is creating a gateway for us to talk about language patterns within NLP, talk about priming and just how powerful priming can be and how dangerous it can be at the same time. So if I don't remember to include that in an upcoming podcast, remind me. Storytelling also opens up a way for us to explore what makes NLP work, what's the principles, what drives a lot of the NLP techniques and philosophy. So what will we be covering in the next session? We're going to have a look at story structure. We're going to look at our first structure for designing stories. And it can be used if you want to write a best-selling book, a best-selling movie. It's also if you're a therapist and you want to design a story that overarchs the whole therapeutic session. It's great for trainers to engage and understand the transformational process and stages that your clients will go through. I'm already looking forward to it. So if you've got any questions, if I can serve you in any way, please let us know. Head over to the website, www.nlpcourses.com. Find the podcast page. Leave me a message. Ask me a question. If it's more personal, just email me directly at john at nlpcourses.com. It's been a delight. So John, talking to rabbits, Cassie Rice, wishing you all the best. Have a wonderful week. Until next time. You've been listening to the NLPCourses.com podcast. Did you enjoy the show? Well, then please leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to head over to the NLPCourses.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Oh, and you get free transcripts of the program as well.